Good morning. Welcome to another episode of AI Daily. I'm your host, Connor, joined by Ethan and Farb today. We have another three great stories for you guys, starting off first with NVIDIA breaking the trillion dollar market cap. They're now joining Amazon, Microsoft, and the third, I believe, was Apple. Yes. So very exclusive yep. club. Uh, Meta was in there for a bit. Tesla was in there for a bit. They're out. NVIDIA's in. Ethan, what do you think on this? Yeah, I, I think this was clear and coming. You know, if you look at all the articles of the past week and you look at the state of the market, there are not enough chips. And NVIDIA is the only one position that is priced in and people believe they will have a monopoly and they will deliver all the chips. So I think it's super clear. They've been a monopoly and they've been super critical to the AI ecosystem. Everyone is talking about AI. They've crossed the trillion dollar market cap. They showed off some crazy cool demos around gaming, around LLMs, around their new data infrastructure. They have a new DGX, I think GH200 supercomputer. It's like trillions of parameters or something like that. Um, so very clear. They are the market leader and people believe in them. So exciting to see. Farm. You know, uh, if you think that microprocessors are going to be around for a few hundred years, maybe they'll be around for a few thousand years then we are clearly in the early stages of the microprocessor. They haven't been around for that long. So if they're going to be around that long, then there's a lot more upside to be had. And, you know, if you think that <clears throat> it's impressive that there's one trillion dollar microprocessor company, there will probably be several. Uh, this isn't stopping anytime soon, certainly not in our in our lifetime. So it's just the beginning. And we can see that the uh, the beginning is going quickly, but uh, I think the, the future is really where the, the magic's going to be. Yeah. What's your really, take on AMD? And AMD. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah um, I was going to say what's your take on AMD. NVIDIA really, really rode the gaming wave and then the crypto wave and then now the AI wave. Um, mm -hmm. As Farb said, microprocessors don't go anywhere. So, but yeah, AMD, I don't know. Like NVIDIA is really targeting the, the enterprise with A100s, A10s, now H100s. They really can hit the AI market, but I don't think AMD can. So at least not yet. Yeah, I, I think it has some weight, but you know, there just aren't enough chips. And if NVIDIA does not scale super fast, I think we're going to see AMD get some gains here and really cement themselves in the space as well. People will adapt and people need chips. So go NVIDIA, go AMD, go AI. Oh, in a few years, in five, 10 years, there'll be players besides those two. I can, I'll, I'll lay my money on that anytime. I'm with of course, you. Apple, Google, Microsoft, Meta already have their own in-house chips. So we'll just see yeah. more of that as well. So. There will be upstarts. Yeah. Also. And we have this transition to American onshoring of chips. So I think mm -hmm. we'll see upstarts there as well. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, our next story up is Voyager. People set GPT-4 free in Minecraft and called it Voyager. The key thing here is that instead of training it in the traditional sense that you train a model, you're now training by... GPT-4 iterating on a code base of skills it uses internally. So this really saves a lot. You don't need any GPU passes. All the training can be done on a CPU because it's really just editing and modifying its own code that it uses as tools in the tool former type sets. Very interesting. Yep. What do you think here? Yeah, I'd say, well, you know, we've seen so many different like reinforcement learning attacks on Minecraft before trying to make these agents, but as we've seen with LLMs and people with AutoGPT and agents in general, you give an LLM access to code, let it write its own code, let it correct errors, let it handle errors, and then you use a vector database and give it memory and you create these real agents. So Voyager was amazing to me. You get to see 
you know, that self-correcting error loop with prompting. You get to see them saving skills. So, you know, they made like a pickaxe and once they understood how to make a pickaxe, they saved that in the LLM's memory that it could access again. So even we saw it, you know, they completely restarted the game of Minecraft with the previous memory, let it go again. And I think it got to diamond or, you know, the higher levels of Minecraft much faster than any reinforcement learning technique ever. And this was all done. You know, the important thing here is this was all done just with text and just with the API of Minecraft. So there's not even a visual component yet. Once you add multimodal to these models, we're going to see insane agents across gaming and soon across industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah they- there's, a, I think, two things going on here. And we, I talked about this in a previous episode where there's this, you know, recursive using LLMs to train LLMs. And I think there are two sort of recursive models happening uh, out there. And, and we're seeing it over and over again. I'll call one like internally recursive and the other one is externally recursive. In the internally recursive models, you have LLMs, you know, sort of training LLMs to get to become better LLMs. In the externally recursive model, you have something like Voyager, where you have people building pipelines and frameworks to, you know, to run an LLM through uh, some different piece of, you know, uh, framework to, you know, store off some understanding and then bringing that back in. Uh, So what we're seeing is these really cool recursive loops, whether they're just using LLMs to train LLMs or they're using LLMs plus other bits of code and other parts of a pipeline to, again, continually repetitively run through this system that's been built to improve something, to train it, to get it to do what you want. And I don't think that's the, this is just the beginning of all this stuff. And this is going to accelerate AI development, uh, possibly more than AI development itself. Yeah, the Voyager, the way they did Voyager really also applies to real real world robotics as well. So the way that they taught it to use code skills instead of having to retrain the entire model, you can see, you can easily see a future where Boston Dynamics type robots are using their own internal code skills that they iterate to become better at running, to become better at jumping, to become better at throwing even. It's a very good model making these LLMs stronger. So It's recursive everywhere. It is. It is indeed. Okay, our third story up is Soundstorm. Google's project Soundstorm uh, is efficient parallel audio generation. They did a lot of internal things that make this seem a lot better than 11 laps. Farb, what'd you read on this? What'd you see? You know, I thought it was interesting. It looks like they built this off of a couple of other existing models and began running these things in parallel to increase the speed at which things happen. You know, they can generate, you know, half a minute or, or more of audio in a couple of seconds. Uh, which wasn't possible previously, uh, and it's supposed to work quite well. I thought it was a, a cool advancement in this in the audio codec world. Uh, w- we'll see if it ever becomes something we can use. It doesn't look like it's currently available for you to jump in and start using. The code is not available. It looks like they're kind of rapidly showing off every last AI project they have internally. These things have probably been running for three or four years and nobody's been allowed to talk about it. But now there's a, you know, gold rush to talk about everything that you're doing in AI at your company. So uh, we're seeing it all come out. Hopefully this is something that people can play with in the near future. Yeah, it was 30 seconds of audio in half a second on a V4 TPU. Uh, I don't know if that's just Google's own internal architecture of how good their TPUs are. Um, But of course, 60 times the length of audio that it takes to generate it is very good margins. That's 
You can get an hour off. You can get an hour of audio in a minute. Just insane, insane to think about. Ethan, what do you see on this? Yeah, just like with computer vision, when we see speed ups to the model at the inference layer, you unlock entirely new applications. So this model itself from Google Soundstorm, the quality is just as high from what I've seen of Eleven Labs or some of these other models. And when you're able to go from 30 seconds of audio in 30 seconds to 30 seconds of audio in half a second, you unlock entirely new applications. So I think the main thing to see here is when you are using these models, if you found yourself saying, hey, this is very slow, this is what's coming down the pipeline to generate audio faster and actually put it real time in applications. You know, going back to NVIDIA's um, showcase of some like AI games, when you need those NPCs talking in real time, and you want that audio in real time, these are the models that will make it happen and not the kind of gigantic models that take a long time to run. So cool innovations. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see more like this, more open source event. So very exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, uh, that was it actually. So what have you guys been seeing? I've been playing around with Photoshop's generative AI feature. It's pretty mind bending. We'll try and include an example uh, in the in, in the video uh, here for the final show, the final edit of, of what it did. I, I it it almost even when I when I look at it and know what happened, my brain still can't wrap my head wrap itself around it. It's kind of just completely mind bending. And you're seeing everybody on Twitter talk about this. People were calling a you know end of days for Photoshop for whatever reason. And now they're, you know, saying, sorry, mid journey, it looks like Photoshop's going to kick your butt. You, you're seeing people, you know, take like famous paintings and extend them or, you know, take famous portraits and, and extend them. And, and it's just completely mind bending to, to see what Photoshop's capable of doing in its first version. Uh, and I, I sent it to a friend of mine who's a designer who said, oh, 10 years later, uh, Photoshop's generative fill finally works because yeah. they've had something similar to this. I mean, similar is a, a bit, bit of a stretch to say, but they've had this concept of generative fill for a long time. <clears throat> and then finally it's working. Yeah. They've always had the mash where you like select the part of the image you want to replace, select another part. And it always looks a little weird and it takes forever to fix. But now, yeah, we're seeing Photoshop take a big step up and really have this differentiation of the mid-journey cults and the Photoshop cults and the early clashing heads on, on Twitter and everywhere now. Pretty funny. So uh, I saw that GP4 made a typo, which is kind of interesting to see. I think it would be interesting to many people and how they think these models work. Most people think it wouldn't be possible for GP4 to make a typo, but we can link it below. But instead of saying infringing on laws, it said inf infringing on laws. And most people wouldn't think that's possible. But because of how the tokenization works internally, it's they're very definitely possible. And we've seen it happen now, even on a model as good as GP4. So fascinating. No. Ethan, what have you seen? Um, yeah, I saw the uh, Trump campaign launch a, you know, they, they dropped a video using a lot of deep fake audio um, referring to DeSantis's campaign. And I think, you know, we've all been talking about deep fake audio and video for years now and watching it enter into politics this fast and this normalized is actually interesting. You know, I think people were concerned about a lot of the risks that came with it. We even saw The Daily Show do a Joe Biden kind of meme video using deep fake audio and entering the public discourse that fast with all this kind of deep fakes and these fake audios and people beginning to understand it rapidly, I think is something, you know, most of the AI safety alarmists did not expect. So 
yeah, saw the Trump campaign's video, and I think we're just going to continue to see more and more deep fake audio over the next year, and new campaign videos, and new entrance into politics, and the way they handle that. So interesting, to say the least. You know, a couple of points. One on the uh, GPT-4 typo error. I think they should run this through the various AI doomers uh, who are predicting the end of mankind because yeah. of this technology that isn't capable of spelling basic words, apparently, consistently. Uh, and, and then I, I also found it interesting that in the soundstorm, uh, relevant to what you're saying, Ethan, with regards to deep fakes and things like that, that they found that there are models that can detect these things quite reliably as being fake mm -hmm. still. I think they said 98 point something percent accuracy in detecting uh, that it was, you know, a synthesized voice. Obviously, the voices are going to get better, but also possibly the, you know, detectors are going to get better. They talked about audio, you know, audio watermarks, if you will. Uh, so there's a nice tension here where, you know, maybe AI will end the world, but first it's got to learn how to spell. Uh, and m maybe deep fakes will cause the collapse of civilization, but first they're going to have to be undetectable. Yeah, with okay. the, like detecting the audio deep fakes, I always think about like, yes, it's very detectable with a raw audio file, but once it's like over a call or like very distorted, it's like becomes very hard to detect that, I believe. So. Well, you know, Apple's got something dropping, I think, in iOS 17 that will allow you to verify that the person that you're talking with or texting with is actually the person. Not quite sure how the tech is going to work. It's some sort of weird, you know, pass key type thing. <clears throat> we'll we'll see how effective it is, but it's cool to see Apple, uh, you know, planning for this world. Hundred percent. All right. Well, I believe that was our show for today, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we'll see everyone tomorrow. Have a great week. See you guys.